Why don't you get on your feet with me this morning? Come on, let's pray together. You know, I don't know why you're here this morning, what brought you. Maybe it's Easter Sunday, and it's seemed like a good thing to be in the house of the Lord. Maybe it's regular for you to be here. But whatever the reason, I want us to just worship and pray this morning. I want us just to pray together. Can we do that this morning? Can we do that this morning? Come on, I want you to lift your voice in prayer with me. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we worship you this day. We thank you, Lord, that you're a resurrected king, alive, ruling and reigning all things. You're ruling and reigning over all things by the word of your power. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. Give us ears to hear what you're saying today, Lord. Tune us in. Tune in our ears today. Tune in our heart today. Change us, Lord. Change us today, Lord. We don't want to leave the same way that we came in this morning. I want everyone to pray out loud. Dear Jesus, everyone out loud. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life in your precious name. Amen. 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 You could be seated this morning. Give Jesus praise. Come on, give Jesus praise this morning. If you have your Bibles, you can go to John 16. Heather, go to John chapter 16. You know, we're... Uh, When we think about Jesus and his ministry, we think about all that he's done and his ministry, we often stop at the cross. We, we, we get to the cross, we talk about salvation, but there's more that Jesus came for than just salvation. Well, I'm glad somebody's with me this morning. Jesus, salvation's great, and salvation opens the door to all of the things all of the blessings, all of the spiritual blessings, but there's more than salvation. Amen. He paid for your healing. He paid for your peace. He paid for your joy. Hallelujah. He's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Right now, Jesus is seated. Heather mentioned it earlier. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. We think about his earthly ministry, but his ministry still continues today. He's the, he's the heavenly baptizer. Can I get a little bit more monitor? He's the heavenly baptizer. He wants to baptize you. He wants to immerse you into his spirit. He wants to, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's just Easter blues or what this morning, but I said he wants to baptize you. He wants to immerse you into his spirit. That's good news. He said, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm not going to leave you on your own, but I am sending another helper, one just like me. I'm sending another helper, one just like me. Allos Paracletus. I'm, that's not what I'm preaching this morning, but his heavenly ministry continues. He's sitting at the right hand of God right now, interceding on your behalf. He's interceding. He's praying for you. He's baptizing you. He's immersing you. He's pouring out his love on you. He's not just bored in heaven, twiddling his thumbs, and he's not building a mansion for you. I don't, I, you know, he's not, hello. He's, he's doing something. He's very active right now. He's ruling and reigning over all things concerning your life. 
And the great news about that is joy has triumphed. The great news is that though sorrow endured for the night, joy comes in the morning. Though there was death, though there was sorrow and sadness, joy triumphed over the grave. This morning I want to share a message with you called Enduring Irrevocable Joy. He wants to fill you with joy today. He wants to saturate your life with joy. In John 16, in verse 19, it says, Now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him, and he said to them, Are you inquiring amongst yourselves about what I said? A little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, you will see me. Most assuredly, I say to, you, say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice, and you will be sorrowful. But your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come, but as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish. For joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. Everyone say that with me. Your joy no one will take from you. Let's do that again. Your joy no one will take from you. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody, give Jesus praise this morning for his joy. You know, I want to do my best today. If you were here Good Friday, I shared a message about our suffering Savior, and we took a look at the sufferings of Christ. But when you see him in his suffering, if you didn't hear that message, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. But I, if you, once you see his suffering, once you go through Good Friday, once you go through the crucifixion, then you understand the power of his joy. Once you see the degree of the suffering and the agony that Christ endured, then you can really appreciate the joy of the Lord. You know, I, uh, people say to me, are people laughing at your church? We, how many times have I heard that? Do people laugh at your church? Yeah, would you rather than be depressed? I'd much rather people come in and, and find the joy of the Lord as their strength than find sadness and sorrow. You know, it's, God doesn't condemn us for our sadness and sorrow. He never condemned them for their sorrow. He said, sorrow is going to come. You're going to weep and lament, and you're going to find uh, over the next couple days that there's going to be some hardships that happen, and, and difficult times are coming upon you. But I want you to know that I am coming, and you will see me again, that this isn't the end of it. The crucifixion isn't the end of the story. The grave isn't the end of the story. The sadness and the sorrow isn't the end of the story. You will see me again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one can take from you. Joy has triumphed over the grave. Joy has triumphed over the cross. Joy has triumphed over the crucifixion. These days that they were facing were conflicting days. If you rewind the pages of what took place the week, the Passion Week, the Holy Week, First, Jesus rides in 
with the, on, the, on the donkey, and the crowds are shouting and rejoicing, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The whole city was stirred. It was Passover, and the entire city was stirred under the coming of Jesus on the donkey. But Jesus immediately from the donkey goes into the temple, and he begins to overturn the money changers' tables, and he begins to cry out, My house shall be called a house of prayer. It went from great rejoicing to the the holy, righteous anger of God clearing out his temple. There was Mary of Bethany as Jesus was reclining at the table at Simon the leper's home. Uh, Lazarus was there. Mary and Martha were there. All of the people had gathered, and they were celebrating and rejoicing and having a great dinner. And while they're doing that, Mary walks in and begins to anoint the feet of Jesus. She begins to pour out her costly, as some estimate, thirty dollars or $40,000 perfume on Jesus' feet. From there, they go to the Passover meal where Jesus shares the Last Supper with his disciples. He gets up from the table and he, he, he clothes himself with, with, with the towel and begins to serve his disciples and wash their feet. There was quite the range of emotions this holy week. A lot was taking place this last seven days of Jesus' life before the crucifixion. Soon Jesus would go through the most heinous murder that anyone could ever face. He would be beaten within an inch of his life, blood pouring out of him. His his body shredded, mutilated. He couldn't even be recognizable. And he was nailed to a cross for you and I. Nails driven through his hands. Nails driven through his feet. And he was, he was hung on a cross between two criminals. Sadness and sorrow had filled the air. Sadness and sorrow had filled the disciples' lives. And Jesus did his best to prepare them. But they could never really comprehend what was to come. And now Jesus was in a tomb. The one who was to resurrect their dead. The one that was to heal them. The one that was to overthrow the the Roman rule was now buried in a tomb. And then Sunday morning, (laughs) resurrection morning, the ladies go out to the tomb. And he's not there. And they were astonished. They were astonished that he wasn't there. The Bible says they were astonished. And as they were standing there, Standing there amazed, standing there in astonishment, the angels came and said, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He's resurrected. He's not here. He's resurrected. The one that had been beaten, the one whose body had been mutilated, he's been resurrected. Well, I'm glad you're excited about that this morning. The word on the street that Resurrection Sunday was almost too good to be true. It was such a dramatic reversal of the heartbreak 
and devastation of the previous days, none of the disciples truly saw it coming. Jesus had told his disciples, disciples plainly that he would be killed and would rise again. As much he had done to prepare his disciples, a literal crucifixion was so contrary to their paradigm that they had no meaningful way to bring it into their hearts and to their minds. One of his own had betrayed him. The leading man among them had denied him three times. After his death, they all dispersed with doors locked. Two that we know of were even on their way out of town. They were leaving in the middle of Passover. So when the news came from the women, it seemed like a fantasy. It was beyond their imagination. Could there be a power that could reverse death itself? The joy of the resurrection was so great, it was too great to comprehend at first. They at first were astonished. Truly, death had swallowed up in victory. Soon their astonishment was overflowing joy. Even the agony of the previous days was turned into glory. The resurrection doesn't suppress your pain. It does not minimize the loss. It calls your burdens to stand just as they are in all of their weight, with all of their threats. And then the risen Savior, with the brightness of his indestructible life and the fullness of his joy in his eyes, says these burdens... Your burdens, the burdens that you carry today, the burdens that you walked into this church with today, the distractions that you walked in with today, these burdens will serve as your joy. These burdens will now be the occasion for your rejoicing. Jesus said, I've overcome. I've overcome them, so you are more than a conqueror. So today is not just a day to put on a happy face and just fake it till you make it. Today's a day. Come on now. Today's a day for you to stand squarely looking at the Savior, the resurrected one. Look in his face and he'll say to you, you are more than a conqueror. My joy is made perfect. My joy is made perfect in this occasion. The resurrection tells us that whatever you've lost, whatever sorrow you face, whatever burden that weighs you down, it doesn't have to be that way. A day of joy has come. Jesus has risen. He's put your enemies, hear me, he has put your enemies under his feet. Not only does he remedy what's wrong, he makes your pain, your grief, your loss, your burden, the very ingredients that brings everlasting joy. In John 16, Jesus likens their sorrow to that of a pregnant woman. Pregnancy brings days of great joy and expectation of what is to come with the birth of a new baby. There's planning and anticipation. When we had Zoe, our first, and you can probably relate to this, there's so many things that you want for that, that birthing day. It's, you want everything to be perfect. You want everything to be in order. You want the nursery to look a certain way. You want the baby to have the certain clothes. You want everything. And in the South, you know, there's still, there's still smocked dresses. You know, and that's a thing in the South. And so, you know, grandma wants, you know, the, the cutest, for, especially for the baby girl, the smock dresses. You want everything perfect. Zoe had every smocked thing you could smock. She had smocking. 
all the French lace. She was dedicated in this antique French lace dedication. I was beautiful. Everything had to be. And I, yeah, thank you, Lord, that somebody bought that and paid for that. <laughs> Hallelujah. It was beautiful. Right out, and it was purchased at, the, at a store on Jackson Square. If you've ever been to New Orleans, out in Jackson Square, there's a store that's just all old antique lace, antique material, like old, I'm talking old, and they make, they make all of the beautiful gowns and dresses and things out of it. And it was absolutely beautiful. Everything for pregnancy, for that pregnancy is put in place with great joy, with great expectation and anticipation. But as the day of birthing grows closer, every mama in the room can testify to this. As the day of birthing grows closer, the pains begin to increase. The sorrow begins to increase until it's fully realized. And delivery birthing pains begin to seize upon the pregnant mother. The pain of delivery is the indicator that the mother's body is expanding its abilities in order to give birth to that baby boy or girl. And Jesus spoke to them regarding their, this, this pregnant mother. He used as an example, and he said to them, just as the pregnant mother sorrows at her pain and her labor, but as soon as she's given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. He said, there's coming a day. You're going to sorrow. You're going to feel the pains of, of this sorrow. You're going to feel it come upon you. You're going to lament and weep and be sorrowful. But there's coming a day where you're going to see me again, and your joy will be overflowing. He says to them, therefore, you now have sorrow, but joy is coming. Tell somebody next to you, joy is coming. He said, I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be murdered through the most heinous, unimaginable deaths possible. But there's great sorrow today. There's sorrow right now. But your sorrow is going to be turned into joy. Though your weeping and sadness of abandonment and loneliness endures for the night, joy comes in the morning. The sun may be darkened at my death, but the sun of righteousness is rising with healing in his beams. Though you've covered yourself with sackcloth for bare you'll be dressed with gladness. Though, though your sadness has come upon you, you, you're carrying the weight of your sadness, your doom and your gloom. Your mourning and sorrow is going to be turned into dancing. Instead of your spices for death, you'll have the oil of joy and garment of praise instead of grave clothes. Therefore, he says in verse 22, therefore you now have sorrow but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you. There's an old hymn called Up From the Grave He Arose. Maybe you know this hymn. The verse says, Lo, in the grave he lay, Jesus my Savior, waiting the coming day, Jesus my Lord. Vainly they watch his bed, Jesus my Savior. Vainly they seal the dead, Jesus my Lord. Death cannot keep its prey. Jesus, my Savior, he tore the bars away. Jesus, my Lord. Up from the grave, he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain. He lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. 
I want you to leave today with these words of Jesus ringing in your ears. No one will take your joy from you. I want you to look in your Bibles right there. Verse 22, it's right there. Right there. I want you to read it. He says, I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. I want you to hear these words, not my words, not the words of a man, but the words of God. I didn't make this up. I didn't, I didn't come up with this. God did. He wrote it. He said it. If they make you feel good, good. That's God's idea, not mine. He gave you a promise today saying, my joy my joy in you, no one will be able to take. This is a promise for you, a promise for me of enduring, irrevocable joy. Edward said, this resurrection of Christ is the most joyful event that ever came to pass because Christ rested from the great and difficult work of purchasing redemption and received God's testimony that it was finished. The death of Christ was the greatest and most powerful event, most wonderful event that ever came to pass. It was a sorrowful day, but by the resurrection of Christ, that sorrow is turned into joy. The head of the church in that great event enters on the possession of eternal life and the whole church born again to a new hope. Weeping had continued for a night, but now joy comes in the morning. This is the day of his reigning as the head of the church, and all the church reigns with him. The day was worthy to be commemorated with the greatest joy. Today is the day to be filled with his joy. If you don't have joy in your life today, there's a promise of enduring, irrevocable joy. Today you can be filled to overflowing with his joy. Today you can find joy in Christ. It's enduring joy and that it is abiding joy. It's indestructible joy. It's an imperishable joy, a joy that is durable and ageous. It lasts the test of time and trial. In Hebrews 12, 2, it says, For the joy that set before him, Jesus endured the cross. This joy that was set before him... Mm -hmm. <laughs> Woo! This joy that was set before him enabled him to endure the cross. In the face of the furnace of God's fury against sin, Jesus embraced the judgment that he was to carry, and he saw this enduring joy. While he saw the judgment of sin that he was to carry, he saw the joy of his Father that was his strength that enabled him to endure the judgment that he was carrying. It was the joy that endured the hatred of the wicked. It was joy that endured the schemes of the devil. It was joy that endured the flogging, the torture, and the mocking. It was joy that endured the nails that were being driven into his hands and to his feet. It was the joy that endured every wound. It was joy that saw the repenting criminal saved. It was joy that prayed to the Father for forgiveness of our sins, your sins. It was joy that endured the sealed grave and it was joy that triumphed over death. It was joy that swallowed up death and victory. Today, his joy is made perfect in your life.
in the middle of your sorrow, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of your suffering. His joy is enduring, and it's an irrevocable joy that can fill your heart and flood your soul. Let him fill you today with his joy. In John 15, 11, it says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Tell somebody next to you, he wants your joy to be full and overflowing. It's irrevocable joy. Tell somebody next to you, it's irrevocable It's irrevocable joy, and that it cannot be changed. It cannot be diminished. It cannot be altered. It cannot be compromised. His joy cannot be tarnished. It's a joy that comes from above, and nothing in this life can take that joy away. Though this life, the scenery around you is ever-changing, His joy is never-changing. Though people will fail you and let you down and sorrow may come, his joy is enduring. It's irrevocable. In Romans 14, it says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Psalm 16 tells us that in his presence is fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures evermore. First Peter says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and you rejoice. You rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible and filled, is filled, is filled with the glory of God. There's a joy overflowing from the throne of heaven today that floods. It's flooding this room. You may not know it, but there's a joy flooding this room. It's not just a concept. It's not just a good idea. It's a reality. The joy of heaven is filling this place today. It can overflow in your life today. And it is filled. It's filled. It's filled with the glory of God. People say, you know, I I think about Carol. You know, when she first came, she sat, she said she sat in the back and she was watching people laugh under the power of God. God was moving on them and they were laughing, laughing in the spirit, laughing in the joy of the Lord. And she sat there thinking, Lord, is this you? Is this just a mockery? Is this you? Of course, now she's on our, on our minister, pastor's team, so obviously she figured that out. But <laughs> Lord, is it you? Is it, is it really you? And, and God said, if you'll, if you'll just let go, if you'll just let go of your pride, if you'll just let go of your problem, if you'll just let go of your sorrow, my joy, my joy, my joy will fill your life. And she sat, I remember she sat back there, and in a moment the joy of the Lord swept over her, and she, found, she was on her side on the pew laughing, laughing under the power of the Lord moving in our life. The joy of the Lord is filled with glory. The joy of God is filled with glory. You know, if you, if you have a problem with joy, you're really going to have a problem with heaven. (laughs) 
Heaven is not a bunch of fat babies sitting on a cloud strumming a harp. If that's your idea of heaven, you got the wrong thing, honey. That's not heaven. Heaven is a worship. Right now, it's filled with worship. It's filled with joy. It's saturated with love. When you step into that world, you're going to experience a joy unlike anything you've ever experienced in this world. You've gotten a taste of it. We get a taste of it now. It's enduring. It's irrevocable. We can get a taste of it now. But when we cross over, woo, joy. His joy, his joy, his joy, his joy is enduring. His joy is irrevocable. Because Jesus was resurrected. No one will take your joy from you, Jesus says. He says, no one will be able to take your joy from you. <laughs> no one can take your joy from you. Jesus says, because your joy comes from being with Jesus. He says, verse 22, if you read it, he says, therefore you will have sorrow now, but I will see you again. When you see Jesus, you have joy. When you see Jesus, you have joy. So Jesus, because he resurrected, means that he'll never die again. You'll never be cut off from him again. And because he'll never die again, you'll never be cut off from him again. You'll see him always. You can see him again, and your joy will be will your heart will be filled with joy you will rejoice and your joy no one can take from you in John 14 it says I will not Jesus speaking to his disciples said I will not leave you as orphans I will come to you a little while longer and the world will see me no more but you will see me because I live you also will live so because he lives I live because he lives, I live. Because he's joyful, I'm joyful. Because he's overflowing with joy, I can have overflowing joy. In Romans 8, we're told, If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Say that with me. Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Hallelujah. That we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together with him. This same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. He's dwelling in you. The same spirit that produced joy in Jesus is producing joy in you. He's not left you. He's risen. He's come to you. He sealed you with the Holy Spirit who fills you now with joy. Now listen, maybe you're here this morning and you, this is a foreign concept to you. Well, that's not shocking. Some of you, this may be tormenting you that I'm preaching about the joy on Easter. Good. I hope I can torment you a little bit more. 
Let me, let me just torment you a little bit more. It says, therefore you now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice. This, this text... This text doesn't offer any guarantees to people who don't enjoy being with Jesus. If Jesus says to you today, I will see you again, and your heart does not rejoice in being with him, then this text is not a promise to you. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to love Jesus. It's an invitation to see Jesus for who he is. It's an invitation to taste of the joy of Jesus in your life. Jesus is the only source of permanent joy. How, how do you know? I can tell you real quick how you know whether or not you found joy in Jesus. If you find your phone more enjoyable in church than worshiping Jesus, then I can tell you... If, you, if you're more concerned about McDonald's or wherever you're going after church to eat or whose family's house you're going to, I can tell you where your joy is and is it. So why will this joy last forever? Because he says no one will be able to take it from you. It's an eternal, it's an unending, irrevocable love or joy. Why does it last forever? Because Jesus has been raised from the dead. He will never be cut off. He's the source of joy. He's overflowing with joy. He'll never be put to death again. And so that joy is eternal. He lives forever. The keys of death are in his hand. So when he says, no one will take your joy from you, he means I will be your joy. I can never die again, and therefore your joy will never die. As long as I exist, your joy exists. As long as I live, your joy lives. As long as I rule and reign, your joy is eternal. It's irrevocable. It does not change. It's available to you and I. Do you have unending, enduring, eternal, irrevocable joy in your life? His joy is enduring and irrevocable because Jesus has resurrected and you will never die. Jesus has resurrected, and you have resurrection life. Because Jesus lives, you will live eternally with him. His enduring, irrevocable joy fills your life today because you have seen him, and it will endure through eternal ages <laughs> as you reign with him. You will be seated with Christ in heavenly places. You're seated with him. There's coming a day where you will physically, right now we're seated spiritually, but there's coming a day where we'll be seated with him physically. Your joy endures through the ages because you'll never die. He's resurrected, and so will you. John 11 tells us, Jesus said to them at, at Lazarus' death, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? In John 14, he says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Joy fills our life as we expectantly wait the day of life in the presence 
of the one who is abundant, overflowing joy. We're waiting for that day of abundant, overflowing joy. And as we're waiting, we have joy filling our life. Joy fills your life today as you look expectantly for the day of that trumpet sound and the call of God. There's coming a day, friend. There's coming a day. There's coming a day where our joy will no longer be just something that's based in a hope that we will see. Our joy will be based in the sight of His face. In Revelation 21, verse 4, it says that He will wipe every tear from their eyes. While there's sorrow in this life, while you have pain and suffering in this life, there's coming a day where that joy will be fully realized, where He will wipe every tear from your eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. In 1 Thessalonians, we're told by Paul writes, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest your sorrow, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For we, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus, and thus, I'm just going to walk off the stage. Y'all can finish the day. And thus, we shall ever be with the Lord. Joy. Tell somebody next to you, joy. Joy that sees past the grave. Joy that sees past the crucifixion. Joy that sees past the sorrow and the sadness. Joy that sees into a heavenly future. Joy that sees what's to come. Joy that sees right now that there's elders and, and, and worship. The angels are all around the throne right now. Joy that sees a heavenly eternal home. Joy that sees that you and I will never be separated again from him. Joy that sees a marriage supper of the Lamb. Joy that sees sees us ruling and reigning with Christ for all eternity. Joy, joy, joy in the Holy Ghost. Irrevocable, enduring joy. So for those that have yet to find joy in Christ, to those of you today that are tormented by this message, to those of you today that are yet experiencing the fullness of joy, there is an invitation in this passage of Scripture to you. He says, if you, when you see me, he said, but I will see you again. When you see Jesus, your heart will rejoice. Today, he's here. He's walking the aisles. He's been here all day. He's been, he's been here moving amongst this crowd all day. He's been speaking to people all day. 
And if you really see him, there's joy filling your life. You know, how do you know you have joy? You smile. You look happy. There's, there's real, this is real easy. How do you know that you have joy in God? You're happy. There's real, it's real easy to know if you have joy in God or not. You're happy. You're rejoicing. You're worshiping. Worship and the, the preaching isn't torment to you when, when you have joy in God. Worship isn't just another song that we sing. When you find joy in God, you're, it's the overflow of the abundance of joy in your life. Worship is the, it's the dance of joy. It's the song of joy. Serving. You're not a grumpy Gus at the doors handing out bulletins wishing that your job would end soon. But you're, you're overflowing with joy. Your heart rejoices every time someone walks through the door because it's the joy of God in your life. Babies crying in the nursery. You find the joy of the Lord in it. You're working in the nursery. It's not just a screaming kid. This is another baby that gets, gets the seed of the word of the Lord planted in their life. Joy, it's overflowing. I think this is a happy church. So today, if you're, if you're yet to be a part of the joy-filled church of the Lord, this is an invitation to you. There's an opportunity today to find your joy in God. There's an opportunity today to find your everlasting joy in God. Jesus spoke about the labor pains that they were going to endure, that the disciples would see come upon them. The labor pains of Christ's suffering are the guarantee for your joy because Christ suffered. Our joy in Him is enduring and irrevocable. If you've not found Christ as the source of your joy, you are under the labor pains on your own. You are under the labor pains of God's judgment for yourself without any hope of enduring joy. 1 Thessalonians tells us, For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say, Peace and safety... Then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. Your temporary joy may lead you to say peace, yet you are fully unaware that you are still pregnant with the judgment of God upon sin. While you were lusting, filled with pride, finding pleasures in this life, you did not see, you missed the warning signs that you are showing with pregnancy. Your belly has expanded and the judgment of God is upon you. You have been numbed to the labor because of the pleasures of this temporary fleeting life. But the labor, the labor pains of his judgment are upon you and you have no joy to endure that judgment that's coming on you. You search for joy in this life in all of its fleeting pleasures with money, prestige, success, relationships, addictions, family, fill in the gap. All of them will not endure the test of the grave. All of the things that you try to find joy and pleasure in in this life, they will not pass through the grave. But there was one joy... There was one joy that endured the cross. 
There was one joy that endured the grave. There was one joy that triumphed in victory over death, hell, and the grave. And it was the joy of Jesus. The only joy that endures through all the ages is the joy of the Lord. Knowing Him, saturating your life in His presence that's joy-filled is the only thing that will satisfy your life. Can you feel the labor pains on you today? Without Christ, outside, outside of His presence, outside of who He is, you will endure the labor pains of judgment on your own with no hope of irrevocable, eternal, enduring joy. There will be no joy in your suffering. There will be no joy in your sorrow. There will be no joy in your judgment. You'll be under the full weight of God's judgment on your own. So to you today that haven't yet found joy at His appearing, look to Christ today. Let Him fill you with His joy. May you find today, before you leave this place, my greatest prayer for you today is that before you leave this place today, you will find joy at the appearing of Jesus. Resurrection Sunday is a call to you and to I to face the resurrected Christ. You can't leave here today without facing Him. Right now, He's looking you in your eyes. Right now, the resurrected Christ is here and He's staring you in your face. You have to do something with Him today. To those that know Him, it's rejoicing with a heart that's overflowing with joy. He's not buried in a tomb. He's not far off. He's not unable to hear your call or your cry. He's resurrected and He's here. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's walking closer than the air that you breathe today. What will you do with Jesus today? Today, if you're sad or sorrowful, if you're carrying a burden or a weight today, bring your sorrow, bring your sadness to the tomb of Christ. Let Him bury it in His great victory today. Let Him bury your sorrow and your sadness. Let Him bury your burden today. First Peter tells us to cast all of our cares upon Him because He cares for you. Let Christ change your sorrow and sadness to irrevocable joy. Let Him bury your burdens today. Let Him make you more than a conqueror over your sadness. Make seeing Christ the joy of your life today. If He's not the joy of your life, may you, before you leave today, you make seeing Him the joy of your life. Like David in Psalms 51, may it be your prayer, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And then lastly, what are we to do on this Resurrection Sunday? The day that joy triumphed? The day that joy had victory? What are we to do? I would say to you, let the copious enduring, 
irrevocable joy of Jesus saturate your life today. Let him fill your life today. In John 1, it says, out of his fullness or from his abundance, we've received. Are you receiving from his abundance today? Have you opened up your arms to the joy of heaven today and say, Lord, fill me again. Out of your abundance of joy, out of your overflow of joy, out of the copiousness of your joy, saturate me again and that joy. Psalms 126 says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed, and our mouths were filled with laughter. Is your mouth filled with laughter today, and our tongues with songs of joy? And then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Come on, give Jesus praise today. Are you filled with joy? Get on your feet. Come on, get on your feet and give him a shout of joy. Come on, praise him with joy today. Come on, at his appearing. At his appearing. He's the resurrected one. He's the resurrected one. At his appearing, your heart will rejoice. Your heart will rejoice with overflowing joy. Your heart, uh, this is not, this is not overflowing joy. I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about this morning. I don't know what you're talking about this morning. Jesus, my Savior. Jesus, my Savior has come. Jesus, my Savior is not in a tomb anymore. Jesus is resurrected. Jesus is resurrected. And like the angels said, this same Jesus who you've seen gone up into heaven. Oh, in like manner, he's coming again. He's coming again. He's coming again. There's a joy overflowing in my heart today. There's a joy overflowing in my heart today because this same resurrected Jesus is coming again. I dare you to get happy this morning. I dare you to find your joy in him today. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise Him. Come on, praise Him, somebody. A celebration, church. Praise Him. Resurrected, Lord. Resurrected, Lord. Resurrected. Resurrected. Now listen. Hold on. Hold on, (laughs) y'all. I know. I know you're all ready. Listen, you have something to do with Jesus. You have something to do with Jesus today. If you're here, y'all can play. Just don't, don't soar on out there yet. We're going we're gonna to get there, but, we, but <laughs> there are people maybe here today that need to, you, need, you need to see Jesus and be filled with joy. You might be here this morning, and this message to you is an invitation. This message to you is an invitation to know the Jesus of all joy, the one who extends to you enduring, irrevocable joy. You haven't tasted of this joy for yourself. You don't have this joy in your life for yourself. When Jesus said, when you see me, today you're seeing him, but your heart's not rejoicing 
It's not overflowing because you haven't seen him as your savior yet. We're going to give you a chance today to see Jesus and make him your savior before you leave. Before you leave this place today, you need to know this God of all joy. Before you leave this sanctuary today, you need to know this God of all joy. You've been trying to find your joy in in any other thing. Maybe you're here this morning and you once knew Him. You once walked with Him. You once knew and tasted of this joy, but you've walked away. You're no longer walking with Him. Maybe you're here today and you've never known Him. You've never known Him. You've never asked Jesus to be your Savior. Today's your day. Today's your day. The Bible tells us, Jesus said to his disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, there's no other source of joy. There's no other source of eternal, enduring, irrevocable joy than Jesus Christ. Every head bowed and eye closed. If you're here this morning, Holy Spirit is speaking today to people. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Zach, that's me. I need to make sure before I leave this place today, before I leave this house today, I need to know this enduring, irrevocable joy. I need to know Jesus. I need to know His joy in my life. I need to have His joy in my life. Every head bowed, eye closed. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand in this place. I need Jesus today before I leave this place. Before I leave this place, I need to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior today before I leave. Anyone this morning, just lift your hand right where you're at. Anyone this morning, Pastor, I need to know Jesus before I leave. Anyone this morning. Thank you, Lord. Now, I'm assuming that that means that everyone in this place knows Jesus personally. I'm assuming that means that everyone in this place has a relationship with Jesus. I want you to look at me. I'm assuming that means you are right with Jesus today. I'm putting my hand over my eyes because the lights are in them, and I want to be able to see from the balcony to the main floor. I want to be able to see. I want you to turn the person next to your right or your left and ask them, do you have a relationship with Jesus? And if they don't, I want you to bring them down front right here with me. We're going to pray. I'll just give you a chance. I want to make sure. I want to make sure. In the balcony, you can come down. Now listen. That's awesome. I'm glad that everyone here has a relationship with Jesus. I just feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit just to poke this just a tad bit more. I saw a sign or Facebook post or something recently that, and it's true that as believers, we have to identify with our salvation and not our sin. And, and I appreciate that. But that's also like saying, 
I'm a, I'm a Christian. It's another fancy way for saying I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. Everybody says they're a Christian. I can, I can identify with whatever I want in today's culture. I can identify myself as a cat if I wanted to. I got news for you. I am not a cat and neither are you. Just because I pee in a litter box does not make me a cat. Don't shout me down when I'm telling you the truth. Just because you call yourself a Christian doesn't mean you are. So, yeah, it got quiet there. So, my, my challenge to you, why I say that, is I, I told you I was going to poke that just a little bit more. It's because just because you call yourself a Christian doesn't mean that you are. How do you know? How do you know? Oh, because... I'm a Christian because I'm not going to hell. Well, that's a great insurance plan. You should go see State Farm. I'm a good Christian. I'm a Christian because I do good things. Great, so did Judas. I'm a Christian because you can give me all the lists. Do you know that there's more moral people in hell than you? Morality is not the test. Good works is not the test. Going to church is not the test. Just because a duck can fly doesn't make it a Delta pilot. Some of you will get that when you go home. How do you know? Because when you see him, your heart rejoices. When you see him on the pages of his word, your heart rejoices. When you see him in worship, your heart rejoices. When you see him in your brothers and sisters in Christ, your heart rejoices. Yeah, that's how you can tell. And those are Jesus' words, not mine. So does your heart rejoice at his presence today? Does your heart rejoice at his presence today? That's how you know. So I'm going to ask one more time. Do you know Jesus? And I'm going to wait just a little bit longer. If your heart doesn't rejoice, I'm just going to invite you to get out of your seat. Come meet me right here at the front. I need to know Jesus before I leave. I want to make sure that my heart is in alignment with him before I leave today. We'll wait just a moment. Hallelujah. 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 Now, that leaves one task to be done. And I asked Pastor Grace to pull out a rejoicing song. This, they weren't prepared for this, so I don't know where we're going, but we're going, we're going to rejoice is what we're going to do. So, come on.
Let's rejoice together. On Easter Sunday, let, him, let your heart, let your heart overflow with rejoicing to the Lord.